Is your business expanding where you are looking to hire your first employee? Today, we're talking about how to find the right employee on this episode of Coffee with Tea. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because we're going to talk to Ms. Brianna Henley, who's going to help us figure out how to find the right employees. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ms. Brianna to the show. Welcome, my dear. Thank you for having me, Tanya. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. So thank, oh, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it's always a pleasure to get to know people and help us, you know, expand our business and figure out, you know, you know, with the world opening up, how do we find the right employees? So I really want to, um, before we really dive into our conversation, can you tell a little bit about who you are and, and how did this become a journey for yourself? Absolutely. So I'm Brianna Henley. My company is Achievement Coaching. And what I specialize in is business coaching. So Achievement Coaching actually means for me is servant being a servant to your achievement. So whatever that looks like for you. So whether it's um, on a personal level, whether it's your business, whatever the case may be, I am here to be a servant to your achievement. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine. They're like, yeah, but what does that mean? What do you do? What is coaching? So for me, I provide the GPS. So the step-by-steps step to your business success. So whatever it is that you're having a problem with, an issue with, we're going to uncover, first you have a pain point, figure out what that issue is, and then really uncover what that problem is, and then be able to put steps in place to be able to solve the problem. So all we're doing is solving problems, and then I get to hold you accountable to do it. (laughs) Oh, that's that's fantastic. And like I said, I always love to know, like, how do people get into what they're doing? And I, I was reading that you're, you're a child of entrepreneurs. So how was that like growing up? How did that affect you as to, you know, doing what you're doing now? Yeah, so my parents, I, I grew up in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And during the 80s, there was a bit of a recession and my father was laid off. And he was in construction and needed to provide for our family. He was a project manager and they weren't building things. Nothing was happening. So he started his own company doing car detailing, auto detailing, got a contract with uh, Marina and off he went. He started doing his, his job and it became a company for him. And then my mom, I, I come from a blended family. My mom ended up moving out to Colorado and she finished her GED. She got a certification in interior design. She opened up a company and she sold her company after a couple of years, moved back East, started a company up again. And, and she still has that company now and she scales it when she needs to up and down, depending on her needs. My dad retired probably about five years ago. And when he stopped working, the company went away. So in my life and in my world, I clearly saw that in my dad's case, he worked in his business. So he was the business. If he didn't show up, he didn't make money. When he went away, the business went away. So it didn't make money for him. And then on the flip side, I saw my mom, she sold her company. So she made it profitable enough 
and had the systems and bits and pieces in place that somebody else could take it and run with it. And she could still make money. And then in turn, start it back up again. She had a process, she had a system, she had things and tools in place. So that is an example of working on your business that when she didn't show up, she had contractors, she had people that were doing things that she didn't necessarily have to be there for. Money was just coming in. So the goal as an entrepreneur, I would say us living the American dream, everybody wants to be able to have numerous income streams and not have to do anything and make money while you sleep. Well, the way to do that (laughs) is if you have a business, you got to figure out how can I work on it and not in it and have the company make money for me and I'm not the one doing it. So that, that right there is what has driven me to be able to help other business owners. Cause that's always the hardest part. Typically you become a business, a business owner because you love what you do, but you don't like who you're working for, or you get laid off or something happens. You're like, I can do this by myself. Why do I need, you know, this company? But what people don't realize is that you have to wear multiple hats, your sales, your marketing, your bookkeeping, your, now you're everything. You're not just doing your job. Now you're doing everything. So figuring out at that point, who should be taking over? And this leads us into what we're talking about. Who should be taking over? Who can I hand my books off to? Who should I be handing the day-to-day stuff off to? How high of a level of a person do I need to bring on board? And what can I release and give to them? And then look inside themselves. Am I ready to do that? (laughs) Am I too much of an OCD, you know, type A person that I don't want to let anything go? So being able to, to figure out and judge where that person is at any given time. Well, you know what? We had a slight snag, but we're, we're back on the conversation. And I, and I wanted to make sure we, we cover the basis because Brianna was talking about, you know, if, if working on your business work, working versus working in your business. And I wanted to make sure that people understand that as you're going to go ahead and, and start bringing employees on, which we're going to dive a little bit more into, maybe having the right mindset. So Ms. Brianna, I know we, you know, we were talking about the difference of working in your business and working on your business. And I think you were explaining that your dad worked on his in, business, in his in, business. In. <laughs> he was the business. <laughs> and, and your mom was on, on the business. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I'm reading a book about this and I'm still, I can, you know, confuse myself. So I, I would I always want to add that you know, this is a very important um, point that a lot of people have to say. So, you know, we were expanding about that. And, you know, um, we're going to talk a bit about, you know, finding the right employees. But before we dive into it, it's like when you get ready to take bring on an employee that that mm-hmm. helps you build up your mindset. So I see that you believe in mentors and coaches. So how important is that to prepare yourself for bringing on employees, you know, instead of, you know, I think because you're talking about, you talked about, you love what we do, but you're, if you don't have the right mindset to be able to bring in employees, what do you need to like, maybe help you get in place to start thinking about that? Yes. I, I think when people start bringing on employees, usually it's because there's stress on that owner. So there's something going on there. They have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to get stuff done. They're working until 11 o'clock at night. They're missing time with their kids, their wives and their families are like, Hey, by the way, we're over here. Or their husbands are like, you forgot about me. What's going on? I want my wife back. So it's the people in your life 
and that, that are saying to you like, Hey, we don't get to see you or you're not able to hang out with friends, do the things that you love because there's all these pressing things that are taking all of your time. And it has to do with making money, right? Making money. I got to make the money. I got to do this. I got to do this. Got to do this. There comes a time when you have to sit back and say, this is that 80, 20 rule that everybody hears about, right? That 80, 20, it's a universal law. So 20% of the things that you do drive 80% of the business. 20% of the customers that you have drive 80% of your business. And we can keep going all day long of what this looks like. So being able to drill down and figure out, all right, what are the things that I'm doing that are actually driving the business? What, what are those things? What does that look like? So you do have to sit down and take a look at your schedule. They, you can even do a time audit and, and sit there from the time that you wake up, write down the things that you're doing. I'm making a phone call. Is it a business phone call? Is it a sales phone call? You know, what, what type of phone call is it? Are you accepting um, more things that people are trying to sell you? Or are you, are you actually going out there and making those phone calls? So, so that is the difference between on and in. So if you're in your business, you're accepting those sales phone calls and people are selling you. If you're on, on the business, then you're going out there and you're doing the sales calls. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So really drilling down, well, maybe I'm only making, um, maybe I'm doing two hours of sales, but I'm doing five hours of admin. Well, maybe admin isn't the best use of your time. Are you answering phone calls, doing emails, scheduling things in your, um, in your calendar? Are you doing all of the invoicing? Are you doing bookkeeping stuff? Or are you holding and waiting until two months from now and you're doing the bookkeeping stuff and then it becomes such a big problem that it stresses you out and you know you're making mistakes. So really taking a look, what are the things that I love to do? Am I doing that in the business? Um, What are the things that I can't stand to do? (laughs) And is there somebody else that can do it better than me? And, And at the end of the day, what are things that I can... What are things that I can automate? So it comes down to eliminate things that I can take off my plate, delegate, give to somebody else or automate. What are things that are going to make my life so much easier and that are going to work without even me having to think about it, that those are the best things. So they just work, 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 work. And you don't even have to think about it. Just press the button and it goes. So being able to really take a look at the things you're doing every day and figuring out what can go away, what needs to stay what can be automated. And that's really that first, that first next step of, of what to do. The other piece is figuring out how much am I making an hour? How much should I be making an hour? How much am I really making an hour? So if I really think that I should be making $250, $500 an hour, and I'm just throwing a number out there, but really when it comes down to it, I'm working so many hours, I'm only making $11 an hour then maybe it's time I pay somebody else who actually is making $11 an hour to do those things that I just don't have time to do. Right. And, right. and that's a great way to figure out too. I, I love, I love how you bring that up because like, so before we dive more into what she talks about, like when we need to hire our, the right employee, I want to have a moment and say, if you're enjoying what Brianna is 
dropping and you're in picking up the nuggets, please, this is the part where we say, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment down below so we can follow up with her. So we're going to dive into so what's some of the steps as we go now into like how to find the right employee. And I know you're touching about it, like looking yes. at your time step and your, your, you know, do you value your time? Is that, I guess that's a very valuable piece. Like what are you actually, like I said, in the business or you're on the business? So how do we figure yeah. out, you know, the next, like you said, the next right step for hiring our employee. Yeah. So Stephen Covey has a great, so on that note real quick. So Stephen Covey is a great, um, great graph that you can go in and you figure out what are things that are a high skill level? What are things that are a low skill level? What are things that are high priority? What are things that are low priority? And after you do that audit, you, you fill out those things that are high priority, high skill, low priority, low skill, and everything in between. And it starts becoming clear to you of the type of person you need. And after you go through that exercise, maybe I just need a a virtual assistant. Maybe that's all I need to to manage my calendar, do my things. Okay. So what are some of the things that I need for them to do? And from your audit, you can say, I need for them to schedule my calendar. I need for them to look at my email. I need for them to respond back. And these at a low level need to be so simple. No thought needs to go into this. It needs to be, this is the process. This is what you do. This is what the outcome should be when we're talking at that level. We're not confusing. We don't want them to think for themselves to say, be intuitive and think like the boss. No, but not at that level, not at this level where it's process-based. When this happens, that happens. This is the outcome. So once you figure that out, you can look at the the different things around you. So it's kind of like, think of it like this. Think of recruiting as like fishing. Like you're like, oh, I've got this perfect job description. I've got this perfect job. I'm just going to throw my line out there. Well, there's a lot of different places, especially in the internet that you can go fishing that are ideal spots. It's almost like dropping your, your little hook in those ideal spots. So you want to be able to get as many applicants as possible. So you have options. Now, if it's a lower level skill, you're going to be able to get a lot of candidates. So you might have 10 candidates. You might have 20 candidates. You need to decide what exactly are you looking for? Am I looking for somebody with a degree? What are their knowledge, skills, and ability? Am I looking for somebody with a certain number of years of experience? Um, you know, what are the extras that they, they need to have? They need to be able to be proficient in work, like all those basic things. So you have to drill down and really figure out what that looks like. And then you have to create a project description that has all those bits and pieces. What are we looking for as far as the project is concerned? And then who are you as a company and why the heck would somebody want to work for you? Right. But what makes you so special that somebody would want to work for you? So being able to, to put that information out there, come up with the project description, you can just go online. Indeed is a fantastic place to be able to, it's cheap too. paper, paper click, super cheap. I think you can get your first one. It's like $33. Like it's just, it's cheap. So indeed would be good. Uh, zip recruiter is another good one. That's if you're going to be advertising, spending money. The other piece is through referrals, referrals, talk to the people around you who needs a job. Again, if you've clarified what you're looking for, don't waver on that. So if your sister's son's friend 
is needing a job and they don't match your description, do not hire them because it's going to be a problem down the road. So if you have a criteria, stick to that criteria. Let's see what comes in. Uh, you know, the, the second, <laughs> if all else, you have nobody else to hire, that guy's still going to be around and you can try him out and figure out if it works. But if we're really doing this and we're going to do this well, then make sure you stick to your cri- criteria and ask everybody, anybody at church, anybody in your organizations, you know, any of your networking groups, um, just put it out there. You know, who do you know that can do this? Especially if you're one of those people that are going out there in those networking groups, that's your ask. Do that as your ask because people need to know, put it out on your social media, anywhere and anywhere that somebody can see this. That's where you put it out. We are in such an awesome, awesome time that you can just pop it on your, your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, reach out to your networking folks, talk to all your, your people, you know, all the people that either are your, that are your customers. Cause you know, if they love you, then they'd love to have somebody that can help, help you do better. So there's a lot of options when it comes to that. The other piece, if it's a higher level person, you might have to get more industry specific. So that could be something where LinkedIn, you might need to do some browsing and some nosiness and stalking on LinkedIn. You might need to pay a little bit more money. I think it's like 600 and change to be part of the recruiter, like do the higher levels so you can go into third and other levels and do in-mails and do stuff like that. LinkedIn recruiting is extremely expensive. So just know if you put a job posting up there, it's going to be a good chunk of change. Not to say that it might not be worth it, but indeed zip recruiters find do some stalking for 600 bucks. You'll be good to go. That's not, that's, that's my advice here. <laughs> if, if it's something that's super, super high level, you don't have the time for it. You need the help. There's people who can help you. There's agencies. So you've got agencies that can be specific. So if you're looking at an admin, there's all kinds of different agencies, pick, pick two and talk to them, figure out what, you know, have them communicate what the needs are for you. And then they'll provide people again, it's going to cost a little bit more money, but if you don't have the time and, and that's something that you're willing to do, that's also another, also another option. And we're sitting in a weird time right now. So there's a lot of people that need Okay, here's us. Unemployment is high, so that potentially there are a lot of people that need jobs. So one of the ways that I'm hearing that business owners are going about hiring people is for waitressing jobs or things of that nature. They're saying, look, if you stay with me for three months, I'm going to give you a bonus. If you stay with me for six months, I'm going to give you another bonus. If you stay with me for a year, we're going to give you another bonus. So having that incentive to, to keep people on so they're not stopping and looking for the next thing. So those are, those are some little things, little incentives. Why would we want to work for you? Why would anybody want to work for you? Well, guess what? I got a bonus structure set up. And if you stay with me and you're performing at a, a certain level, we're going to bring you on board and, and we're going to get you paid out because you're doing such a good job. So let's go back. After you get all these candidates, you got all these candidates. What the heck do I do? You got like 30 people. How am I going to figure out? I got to go through their resumes. I got to walk through, figure out to see if they meet the criteria. And now you've got eight. How do I go? Do I have set up interviews with all these people? 
what do I need to do? The cool part about all this screening is that typically within Indeed and in ZipRecruiter, they have knockout questions. So you can have somebody apply, but then they have to answer five or six knockout questions so that then you're going to know that they're not even qualified. So that is like amazing. That, that right there, that's a recruiter's job. They're doing it for you. Love it. And they'll also recommend other people that they think would be a good fit. And that's huge too. So again, Indeed is worth the money. They're not paying me, but they should because Indeed is worth the money. It is, it is definitely good. Definitely, definitely good. So when you're doing your phone screening and you've got all your questions, you drill down to those five candidates, make sure you're writing questions ahead of time. Have you ever done this type of work before? How many years have you done it? Yeah, it might be on the resume, but maybe it's a little spotty. You got to ask that question. Talk to me about a difficult situation that you've had. How, how did you handle it? Um, you know, what everybody talks about your greatest strengths and your greatest weaknesses. I like seeing how creative people get because I want to know. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I think you should ask those questions. Again, these conversations should probably be about an hour, even less. I mean, you can probably get a feel for people just with how they talk, how they're responding to you, um, what they're saying, the jobs that they've had, being able to have them communicate to you clearly and concisely. If you get this feeling that it's just not, it's just not clicking. There's, there's something that's just not working, but they feel as though that they fit. Like they fit everywhere else, but they're just not clicking somewhere else. It might be an opportunity where you can ask some other questions to knock them out. If you think that there's, um, if, if you think that there's something else that maybe they don't quite have as many years of extensive experience, or maybe, you know, how would you handle a situation or how do you handle a culture, um, that is, if they're dry, like, how do you handle an upbeat culture? Do people get on your nerves? Like, talk to me about a situation where, you know, somebody's personality just wasn't a good fit for yours. How did you handle that? And being able to, to hear how they, they handle that situation. So being able to ask those behavioral type questions to really see if they're fit because you're interviewing them and then encourage those questions back. They're interviewing you. You might not be a fit for them. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It'll save any problems that will happen down the road. Right. <laughs> I let them go. I love the tips that you're sharing. You, like I said, we're, it's amazing how fast time goes by so quick. And you know, right? Almost done. I can't believe it, but I have, I just have a couple of questions I want to cover. And yeah. then like, so we can always invite you to come back. Cause like I said, I think you're sure. like, we're on the tip of the iceberg. So that's what I'd like to say. We are. So Ms. Bria. So, Ms. Brianna, I have a question. What's the one thing you want people to take away if they don't hear anything else from this interview? What's the one thing you want them to take away from this? For hiring people, make sure you are crystal clear on your expectations of that person. Crystal clear. So when they have a project in front of you, you have laid out steps by step, by step, by step, what you want them to do and what that final outcome should be. It should never, ever be something where you hand somebody something and expect something in return because you're not going to get what you expect. It needs to be laid out exactly what you're looking for, step-by-step -step guide, 
of this is what I want for this particular process. This is what I want you to do for me. Because if you don't set the expectations, then you're sitting there all upset that you hired the wrong person. And the person's all upset that they accepted a job that they didn't like because you're upset with them. And all you needed to do was put down the steps of what needed to be done. And it would, it just solves so many, so many problems, setting that expectation. So, <laughs> so that, for- that in a nutshell, set the expectation. That's it. Clarity is, uh, clarity is the, uh, was it the dif- differential factor, right? Like we say. Yes. So, yeah. And then my next question is, where can people find more information about you, your services, and what you do? Sure. You can go to achievementcoaching.com. That's A-C-H-I-E-V-A-N-T coaching.com. Uh, my information, I'm expanding my website. So more information on me, my blog, we've got an e-learning system that's up there. So I've got all kinds of stuff, how to work with me and different um, freebies that you can take advantage of to um, just see what I'm all about and see if we're a fit to work together. And I'm always here to help. So if anybody has any questions, whatever you need, I'll be more than happy to help. I can give free advice, free stuff, all day long. Just let me know what you need and I'll see what I can do for you. Well, thank you, Ms. Brown. This is another unofficial question. Would you be willing to come back and maybe dive more into another conversation? I would love to. I would love to. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you, you Brianna. (laughs) So, and I want to wrap up this this, uh, interview here and remind everybody that feedback is always welcome. Email us if you have any guests or show ideas. Remember, all the links that Brianna mentioned will be posted down in the description box below. So please check that, check out those juicy gems down below. And again, thank you for watching. If you enjoyed it, give us a thumbs up. And remember, if you like watching these videos and the, enjoy the video that you have, and please feel free to hit that subs- the subscribe button over there. And remember, take things in stride, go with the flow, and create your own path. And we will see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Tea. All right. Have a great day. Bye, guys.